This is Marathon Training Academy, episode 430. Thanks to Prevenex, makers of Joint Health Plus, for sponsoring this episode. The main active ingredients are clinically proven to reduce joint pain, reduce joint stiffness, and improve joint flexibility in just 7 to 10 days. Save 15% by visiting Prevenex.com and using the code MTA. Thanks also to UCAN for sponsoring this episode. As a listener to the podcast, you can try their Edge Energy Gels for free. Just pay for the cost of shipping. Head over to youcan.co slash MTA to get the Marathon Training Academy sample pack. And you can try those Edge Gels for free. Just pay the cost of shipping. youcan.co slash MTA. Thanks to Oladance Open Earbuds. They have 360 degree superior sound, but they never enter the ear, so there's no ear fatigue. Plus, you never lose track of what's happening around you. Visit Oladance.com and use the promo code MTA20 to save 20%. That's Oladance.com. Hey, what's up, runners? It's your favorite podcaster, Trevor. Well, I don't know if I'm your favorite, but I should be in the top 10, maybe. In this episode, we're going to play a live recording at the uh, Richmond Marathon in Richmond, Virginia, with a live audience. Uh, we had Q&A. We had conversation about how to find your running community. It was a lot of fun. Big thanks to all the folks who came out for this live. Angie, my better half, uh, wasn't able to go. She uh, actually left for a road trip to Montana, and she's still traveling. So it's just me, just me on the mic today. So at this event, which took place November 10th, uh, you're going to hear... Yours truly, plus Martinez Evans, who we've had on the podcast back in August. He's author of the book, Slow AF Run Club. Also, Lisa Mitro, she's a physical therapy doctor, and she's got a huge Instagram following at dr.lisa.dpt. You'll also hear Cynthia Vissers. She's a brand ambassador with AMR, another mother runner. She's also a cancer survivor. And then you're going to hear, as the moderator... Lindsay Hine with All Have Another Podcast. Lindsay did a great job moderating, keeping things flowing, and keeping it fun. So in this panel conversation, you're going to hear our thoughts on how you can find your place in the running community. We're going to share advice to first-time marathoners. We're also going to share our favorite mantras and the music that gets us pumped up on race day. And I even have a chance to talk about the early days of podcasting. Just to set the scene for you, the expo is always held at the Richmond Raceway, which is a pretty cool venue. Uh, You park and then you go under this tunnel and then boom, you emerge kind of in the middle of a racetrack. So the stage is outside and it was kind of chilly out there. So you'll hear us talk about that. But in spite of the cold, we had a good group of folks show up. And there's one point in the conversation that you're going to hear just to kind of give you an idea of what's going on. Um, Dr. Lisa is standing up and demonstrating some moves that you can do to warm up when you're in the corral. Uh, Lindsay kind of put her on the spot to uh, stand up and do those moves. So we had a lot of fun with that. And then Martinez, being a hilarious guy that he is, he makes sound effect noises <laughs> when she's going up and down. So that's what's going on there. And uh, stay tuned, because after this is over, I'll jump back on the mic here. I want to share some stories from the rest of my time at the Richmond Marathon and some sound bites for you. And I'll talk about the meetup that we had. So stay tuned for that. Hey, and speaking of running community, we'd like to invite you to join our community. You can find out how to become an Academy member and get access to all of our training plans, private Facebook group, courses, and more when you visit MarathonTrainingAcademy.com. We'd love to connect with you and help you train for your next big thing or small thing, whatever you got going on. Let's go ahead and jump into the live panel discussion at the Richmond Marathon Expo. this weekend at the Alan Oz Richmond Marathon. We are so excited to be here. Um, This is my first time in Richmond and I bought a new coat yesterday and I'm like, why did I not bring that new coat? Like, what is wrong with me? Uh, But today we are going to be talking on the stage about finding community in the running space. My name is Lindsay, and I host the podcast All Have Another with Lindsay Hine. We have Martinez Evans here, Slow AF Run Club. And we have Cynthia Visser, who is with Another Mother Runner. We have Trevor Spencer with Marathon Training Academy. And we have Dr. Lisa, who is a local, and she is a physical therapist. So today we're talking about finding community in the running space, which you're all doing because you're here right now. 
And I think I'll just kick it off to Martinez. Like, how did you find your community in the running space? Um, I found my community by creating my community, right? Historically, slower runners are not something the running community tends to look after. If you're super fast, they tend to look after you. But if you're in the back of the pack, they don't necessarily look after you. So I think out of frustration, I started to share my story, share the things I was going through. And then other people was like, hey, me too. And I was like, we're, we're people then. Like, we're friends. Like, you want to go run together? It really started with me having a problem and then going out and solving that problem. So I think the question is, I always think about this. If you show up somewhere and you don't feel like you belong, you don't feel included, you said you created it on your own. Well, what if you're scared to do that? Like, how did you make that happen? Like, what in you said, I'm just going to do this? Um, the sheer frustration and disappointment in the running community yeah. made me feel like, you know what? Nobody else is going to save me, so I need to save myself. So that's where it kind of started at. And what I usually tell people who are looking to start a community, just look around. Look to your neighbor. Look to other friends who are in the community. And I think the beautiful thing about social media is that it shortens the world just between the palm of our hands. So I think that is where you can start is social media. And then branch out to local to see who's in your local area to also help you with that community. I would just add, it doesn't have to be big, right? It doesn't have to be this big, massive group. I was just talking to my friend Jess in the car on the way here, and I'm like, I don't, I'm not super plugged into a big running group where we live, but I have like three friends that I run with that are really special to me, and that right now is my community that I'm in person with, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be these big, massive groups. Talking about big groups, though, another mother runner is a big group. So, Cynthia, can you share how you stumbled upon them and what you do with them? So I came across them, I believe it was when I was pregnant with my youngest, who is now 13. And it started with a little yellow book called Another Mother Runner. And they had training plans in there. And I was like, wow, this is really great information. And then its Facebook page came. And I was like, wow, I really like these ladies. And they had a store and they were selling merchandise in the store. And it wasn't just merchandise to be like, oh, look at this cute little tee. Look at this cute vest. Look at this cute sweatshirt. It's so when you're out and about, you can be like, there's another mother runner. Oh my gosh, there's one. I'm not alone. And I first met Sarah and Dimity in Annapolis when I decided that I was going to run my second half marathon in 13 days. And I walked up to the table and I was like, hey guys, nice to meet you. I've been following you. I'm kind of a groupie. Um, who wants to run with me tomorrow? Sarah laughed in my face. <laughs> and Dimity was like, I will, if I can take a video and do a story about you. And I was like, okay. So we ran together and now I'm a brand ambassador for them. And having that community online has been really essential for me because my husband's now retired, but as a military family, I was moving. So I would find my local community, but having that constant of my online community has really been essential because they've been through a lot with me. Um, what would you say to someone who's like, I want to be a part of something like that, but they're not, like you walked right up to them and you were like, I want you to run this half marathon with me. Like, how do we get over our intimidation there? Put on your big girl pants and just do it. <laughs> that part. <laughs> Good. No, I mean, like, I had enough guts to do that because I had been following them online. I had been listening to the podcast. I had, I was all in. And when I went to that race in Annapolis, I was like, wow, it'd be really cool if I could get one of them to run with me. What are they going to say? No? Okay, they say no. I'm still going to run. Like, I had my other reasons for really wanting to do this and to prove that I could do this. I was still going to love AMR regardless. People are going to tell you no sometimes, and you just got to ask anyway. No, they're not. They're not going to tell you no. <laughs> Can I also ask something, Lindsay? I think the other thing is that, like, we're all approachable, right? I'm approachable, and I will talk to you. I will talk to you in every situation short of, like, me walking into a bathroom. Like, <laughs> but after I get done, I'm happy to talk, and I think. <laughs> just wait outside the stall. <laughs> Please don't stand outside the stall. After I get done, like I'm happy to speak, and I think that's true for every community that's out here. We are approachable. All right. So, Trevor, Marathon Training Academy launched 12 years ago, 
right? Okay. Podcasts have gotten big over the last five, six, seven years, but he's been doing this for 12 years. So like you had a podcast before Serial came out. I feel like Serial was the first podcast of all podcasts. I thought you meant like Captain Crunch. We're not not that old. Yeah. I remember when I first had the idea to start a podcast, I pitched it to my wife because she's a a running coach. And she said, what's a podcast? (laughs) So that was uh, 09. And we started in February of 2010. Wow. So yeah, things have kind of really changed over the podcast landscape. What's cool about it now is you don't have to explain to people what a podcast is. Back in the day, I used to have to explain that to almost everyone I met. The growth of podcasts, of course, is something I could talk about. What's interesting is Spotify didn't start podcasts until 2015. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, And now they've eclipsed Apple Podcasts, so uh, more people listen on Spotify. Apple didn't start putting a dedicated podcast app out there until I, I think it was 2014 was how recently that was. And now every iPhone that you get comes with the app already native um, on the phone. So having said that, though, according to a little bit nerdy here, but uh, according to some statistics I just read, only 43% of Americans have listened to a podcast in the last month. So it's better than when I started. It was about 10%. Awareness in America and around the world has definitely grown, but we still have a long way to go. You know, 43% is not bad, but we got a long way to go. Yeah, and you still, as a podcaster, you do still have those people saying, like, my blogger friend, I watch your podcast. Like, I hear all of that as a podcaster. Um, With Marathon Training Academy, though, you and your wife, Angie, also coach a ton of runners. So tell us a little bit about that part of your business. Well, talking about running community, as soon as we launched the show, we started hearing from runners all over the world. And I thought, wow, people are actually listening to us. Um, I used to be a pastor before that, and nobody ever listened to me as a pastor. But (laughs) now people were actually taking uh, the tips that they'd heard on the podcast and implementing them and, and emailing us about how it worked. And so my wife got her coaching cert- uh, certification through RRCA and USATF, and then she started coaching clients. I'm not a running coach. Uh, I'm not even that good of a runner. So it's all it's all her. I'm kind of like the business guy behind the scenes, and I produce the show. Uh, so she had 50 clients and got really burned out and said, here, we need to adjust. We need to pivot here. So we started bringing other coaches on the team. And it's all about just helping people unlock their running potential. And I got to say, we got into the running world online. But once you meet these runners in real life, these are all people you'd want as your friends and neighbors. Uh, The running community is super cool. And if you're intimidated about, you know, putting yourself out there, just know that runners are some of the coolest people you're going to find in my experience. Yeah, coolest and nerdiest and all the things. Dr. Lisa, tell us about the community you've created online. And you are teaching so many people how to stay healthy. How did that even come about? It actually started when I just made an Instagram to keep myself accountable for running and realized there was a huge gap in resources for runners around the world. I also realized there was some really bad information online and it was going to hurt people if they listened to it. So I saw that as an opportunity and just started creating stuff one thing at a time and then eventually just kind of took off and it really was just let me see what I can do here and let me just kind of like test the waters a little bit and see if I can just help one person because that's really what it came down to is just let me just help one person get one person back to running pain-free or prevent an injury and then that definitely helped resonate with my audience. Uh, Lisa is running her first marathon tomorrow so you've been working with marathoners half marathoners for a really long time and now you get to do it. So how has like taking your own advice been? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. I, you know, when I entered January 1st, 2023, I did not plan on running a marathon at all. I actually wrote in my agenda to just run 800 miles. But you know, what better way to conquer that than to do some marathon training? So this was not in the plans. I was scared to share like the bad parts of running because we all know it's not not every run's going to be great. So to share like, okay, like that run sucked and I'm just going to be honest about it and see if it can resonate with someone and help someone. So just being honest about it. And then also when you share something, it's a self-reflection and you can kind of think about what you were feeling. So that's really how it kind of started. Then I got in my head, well, if I can do this, maybe I can run a marathon. And then, you know, once it's in your head, it's like, oh, that's all I'm thinking about now. And then I started training for the marathon without signing up for the marathon. So that's another thing. 
That's runner math right there. Yeah, it is. Actually, my plan was to sign up for the marathon today. So, <laughs> did you sign up today? No, 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 no. You haven't yet. No, I have. I signed up for it, but my plan when I started training was I'll sign up the day before as long as training goes well. And I remember my friend, she's not even a runner. She was like, why? <laughs> you have to commit to it. It's a marathon. And I was like, you're right. Okay, let me sign up for it and like actually mentally commit to it versus just let me just see how it goes. But I mean, I was in week four of training. I wrote my training plan before I actually committed mentally and signed up for it and paid the money and everything. All right. I feel like we have to do a quick round of unsolicited first time marathon advice. I'll let you kick it off, Martinez. <laughs> um, unsolicited first time marathon advice. Use the bathroom as much as possible <laughs> before starting. Noted. <laughs> Use it often. <laughs> um, I don't know how the porta potty situation is here, but if it's anything like New York City, what I usually tell, try to tell people is a little bit of toilet paper and a Ziploc bag or some wet wipes will go a long way. <laughs> So I'm going to say, don't forget to eat, whether it's animal crackers or your <laughs> goose or gels, whatever it is, your nutrition plan. Don't forget to execute that on race day. Got it. So I'm just curious to survey the audience really quick. How many people are running their first marathon tomorrow out here? Okay, we've got a couple more. Woo! So my, my advice for you would be go out as hard as you can if you're not... <laughs> If you're not suffering the first mile, you're not doing it right. No, seriously, do, do the opposite of that, and you'll be good. Oh, that's good. That's so good. I was going to say, don't get super excited at mile nine when you finally warmed up, and you're like, okay, I feel good. I want to go, because that's way too early. That's my advice. Uh, all right, Martinez, you have a new book out, and you are on like a 965-city tour. Like, I have seen Martinez everywhere. Tell us about the book. Tell us about the book tour. Absolutely. So, Slow AF Run Club, the ultimate guide for anybody who wants to run, um, is a book that I wish I would have had when I started running 10 years ago. It has all of the advice that I wish somebody would have told me. It's written in a very funny and digestible way. Um, I've been on tour since June 5th. It has not been 985 days, even though it feels like it. But I've been all over the world, all over the, all over the states, just to help provide joy to the sport of running, but also letting people know in the back of the pack that they can do it, and also advocating uh, for those members. All right, Cynthia, you have had some health concerns over the years, and running has still been a staple in your life throughout all of this. Can you talk a little bit about how running has helped you through some of these challenges? Yeah, absolutely. So... First, I would say that having my healthcare team that is super supportive of me running has been super important for me, but I've been living with cancer for 20 years, and being able to take time away from my family, work, which I love, and we'll probably talk about that later because I work at a running store, but just take time away from everything, and it's just me, and it's just out on the road with my running shoes. And I get to process whatever it is I need to process. And when I'm running with my best friend, sometimes we'll talk it through. But just being able to process whatever health news I had gotten or whatever feelings that I'm having about it has really been helpful over the years. And reminding myself that, you know what, I've had a lot of surgeries. I've had a lot of treatments, but I can still do really, really hard stuff mm. because I'm a badass mother runner. Mm. I think we need to clap for that. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Trevor, you're running the half marathon tomorrow. What are your goals? What's going on in your head? I haven't even thought about it, seriously. <laughs> um, half marathons are my jam. Uh, once you run a full marathon, they'll feel a lot easier. <laughs> I remember how hard that first half marathon was. I went from pretty much being a total non-runner to getting into running around the same time we started our podcast. And my question I had in my, my brain was, can I learn to like what I hate? And I hated to run. I thought it was boring and hard. And uh, now I've, I, you know, I love running. I've done 18 marathons. What I like about a half is it's still challenging, but it's not the suffer fest that a full marathon is. <laughs> I don't even remember what you asked me though. <laughs> 
I think it's that you, I think I asked what you were thinking, but I, to me, it yeah. sounds like you're thinking, I'm so glad I don't have to suffer tomorrow. <laughs> I think he's also going to go out really hard the first time. Yes. <laughs> I'll suffer for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember um, last year it was really warm. Anybody remember that? It got up to the 70, which doesn't sound warm. That'd be nice right now. But on a, on a day where there's no cloud cover, it was pretty warm and there was some carnage out there on the course. And uh, I, I heard from people that got a PR in spite of it. But I remember I didn't take any gels or I forgot all my stuff at home. And I bonked pretty hard after I finished. I've never bonked before. Thankfully, I finished and I, I laid down on the ground. I thought I was going to pass out because <laughs> uh, I didn't have I didn't take anything. I didn't have my electrolytes with me. And I just didn't grab enough stuff off the course. So it's a still a respectable distance. Still have to respect the distance even though it's a half. But tomorrow it's going to be a lot easier if the weather stays like this versus last year where it was in the 70s and maybe it was in the 80s. I don't remember. We'll just make it hotter and hotter. The story gets better. <laughs> it was 90 last year. 110. Uh, Lisa, so a lot of people train for marathons, half marathons. It's very time-consuming. And I know it is very easy to let strength training fall to the wayside. So if we want to do like the bare minimum, but we want to do enough so that we don't, or we can try to not get injured, like what are the things that you're like, these are must do things? That's a good question because I think the things that you do outside of running doesn't have to be a full-time job or even like a part-time job because that's not sustainable with how much time you're committing to your training so the bare minimum, strength training two times a week, ideally, and then dynamic warm-up and post-run mobility. As long as you're fueling, you're hydrating, you're sleeping, and prioritizing rest days, then that's really all you need. All the other stuff is fluff. You know, like it's in the research, like it could help, it will be short-term effects. So if you think about things that you can prioritize that will actually help, then you realize, oh, there's not as many things as I thought of. It really comes down to just a handful of things. And once you get in a routine, it makes it a lot easier, too. Wait. All right, so you're telling me I don't have to do CrossFit and <laughs> Peloton and yoga and go to November Project? Or a cold bath or plunge every day. Do we have any ice plunge, cold plunge people up here? I think we're doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, show us your, like, go-to move for before you run you pick one move somebody's like i will only give you one minute before my runs what are we gonna do so first thing is step overs pretend like you're stepping over a hurdle boom 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 if you just got here she's a pt doc by the way legit i'm not making this up (laughs) the next thing is step under so pretend like you're stepping under a hurdle boom boom (laughs) martina says the sound effects i like it All right, so if you do 10 of those each, that's like 45 seconds in, so we have 15 more seconds. Let's do like a squat to hamstring stretch. (laughs) 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 The minute's up. (laughs) That's good. Give her a hand. (laughs) And you can do that at the start line. Hey, I'm going to be the start line announcer person, so I'm going to be looking for y'all to be doing that, I, especially that last move. And Mar- I'm going to be looking for Martinez to get you some <laughs> People around you might look at you funny, but you'll be great. Yep. Hey, quick break to thank our good friends at Prevenex, makers of Joint Health Plus. You know how much Angie and I love Joint Health Plus. It's our top recommended joint supplement Something that every runner needs, especially as you get older and you feel a little injury or something coming up, it's good to stay on top of that and to have a supplement in your toolbox for just maintenance and recovery. We've heard from lots of listeners who've tried it and have benefited. They've got tons and tons of five-star reviews from runners over on their website. And of course, Joint Health Plus has a 100% money-back guarantee. So if you don't feel any actual benefits in 30 days after taking it, they will refund your money. Hey, and they're having a special sale from now until December 20th. You can get 20% off anything on their site. They've got a lot of good stuff over there, like a uh, vegan protein powder that we enjoy. Use the code MTA20 for 20% off from now until December 20th. Prevenex.com, that's the code MTA20 for 20% off over at Prevenex.com. And thanks also to Oladance, wearable stereo, the best running earbuds for the holidays. Hey, it'll make a great Christmas gift. 
someone that needs a new pair of earbuds. I actually heard from people at the MTA meetup who were telling me that they've got a pair of Oladance and are loving them. So yeah, check them out, oladance.com. And if you're hearing this before Black Friday, you can get 25% off across the entire range, all the different models that they make. That sale runs until November 30th. Anytime after that, use the code MTA20 for 20% off the OWS1 and the OWS2. Remember the cool thing about Oladance is they don't actually go in your ear. They sit on top of the ear. The sound is awesome and your ears don't get fatigued. MTA20 for 20% off or that Black Friday sale if you're hearing this in time. Oladance.com. Okay, community, you work at a running store and I've popped in and out of working with running stores. And I will tell you the running store I worked with in Indianapolis, they were so good at creating community, so good at welcoming new runners to join the group and making everybody feel like they were included. Is that what you're experiencing at the store you work at? Yeah. So I have always found that locally owned running stores when you are new to an area, the best place to start when you want to find what do I do for running here? They're going to tell you what are the safe routes? What are the local running clubs? What are the local races? But our store in particular, we are very, very community focused. Um, it's called Feet for Sports in Columbia, Maryland. <laughs> and they are the longest locally owned running store in Maryland. But they are all about creating community and making sure that everybody that walks through that door, whether you're a runner, you're a walker, everybody who walks in that door, we just want you to feel at home. And if you want to stop by and be like, hey, guess what? I PR'd my race. Hey, the the shoes that you gave me or the shoes that you recommended, I really like those. Thank you so much for that. That's what I love. When a customer comes back and shares with me that something that I recommended for them works or they come back because they got really great customer service, that is the best. I want to know how we can, if we're not back of the pack runners, how we can support back of the pack runners. Yeah. So one of the things I say, you know, is to be an advocate. The best thing you can do is be an advocate. And one of the ways you can do that is if you are a super fast runner here and you go and you PR at a 239 marathon. <laughs> do we have any of those people here? Why do you usually tell those people, go back. Like, go to the finish line. Cheer some people on. Like, go get your stale bagel and uh, and uh, and a uh, wilted banana and then come on back. Cheer some people on. Get some people some high fives. Because it really means a lot, right? Uh, and one of the things that we have been doing the Slow Life Run Club, as of lately, is just going to races, hopping on some bikes, and, like, buying water and handing out, like, water and bananas on the course for the back of the pack because those people need that stuff, right? So I would say that's the first step is just become an advocate, uh, support the people, and just let everybody know, like, stand up for that back of the pack person. Like, first, last, it's the same distance. So mm-hmm. it don't matter how fast we got there, we're all still doing it. And it takes a lot of determination to not quit when everyone around you is telling you, oh, wow, you should quit. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Project Finish Line? Yeah, so Project Finish is something that uh, is an initiative that started at New York City. And it pretty much happened from a, a young lady that um, was upset that she finished the race. There was nobody there. She cried at the finish line by herself. And she was like, you know what? Nobody else should have to experience this. So every year, ever since then, I think this happened three or four years ago, uh, we throw a big party at the at the finish line of New York City. So um, last weekend, we was there until about 11 o'clock, welcoming in the final finisher. And it, it's just an opportunity to support and celebrate everybody who's on the course so that everybody feels welcome. Because like I said, it's, it's hard either way, but it's super hard to be on your feet for 10 or 11 hours and then you get there and there's nobody there or no metal, no finish line, no lights. So we're there to help support those people. And I do appreciate the, having the backing of uh, New York Road Runners to also keep the finish line open and just keep the party going. We, When we were working the finish line of a recent marathon, there was a group of women who finished their race, went back to their hotel, got their you know sweatshirts on, came back down. And they had a gift for the last finisher. And they said, every race we do, we bring this gift package and we just wait for the last finisher to cross the finish line because they are sort of back of the Packers. And they're like, we have time to go back. We get our bag and we come. And I'm like, that is such a good idea. Uh, tell us your like mantra you tell yourself when you are in the middle of a race and you're like, why did I do this to myself again? All right, this mantra is probably the most inappropriate thing, but there's a song 
by uh, a, a rapper called Sexy Red, and, and the song goes Pound Town. I'm going to Pound Town. So um, that's wait, I didn't hear that. What was that? It's called Pound Town. Pound Town. I'm going to Pound Town. So uh, <laughs> I told you it was going to be inappropriate, but. It's inappropriate it is. It's one of the things that keeps me going when I'm like just in a rut in a run. Like I'm just giggling to myself, just like pound town, pound town, I'm going to pound town. Cause like I'm pounding the pavement, so like that's my jam. That's my mantra right now. I'm going to pound town. I, somebody is gonna be at mile 22 tomorrow and <laughs> <laughs> laughing and thinking about that and saying it in their head. I think all these folks are going to pound town. <laughs> Looking at them. <laughs> It might be me. Thank you. <laughs> Put that on your Spotify playlist. Yes. Get that on your playlist. Um, I was going to ask you what your pump-up song is. It sounds like it's found out. <laughs> um, a classic pump-up song is Till I Collapse by Eminem. Oh, yeah. By far one of my favorites. Yeah, you can't beat it. All right, Cynthia, what you got? My mantra? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I've got a new one. <laughs> mine does not feel nearly as good as yours now <laughs> no but like mine actually comes from another mother runner it's don't think just go mm. don't think just go and i'll just look. to pound town <laughs> <laughs> that works perfectly thank you so much not my new mantra and my pump up song i have two okay one is it's so cheesy and i forgot the name of it journey don't stop believing <laughs> from Rocky. Eye of the Tiger? Yes, Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot the name of that. And then the other one is Sexy Bag. Oh. Okay, so I think mantras sometimes just come to you when you're out there. Uh, you never know what's going to inspire you or what song is going to come to mind when you're out there. The first marathon I ever did, my wife paced me. I wanted to beat Oprah. Her time is like 429 or something. Didn't do it. But my mantra was, don't let your wife think you're a wimp. And <laughs> probably didn't work. <laughs> And as far as pump-up song, any heavy metal song probably is, mm. is will do it for me. Like Paranoid by Black Sabbath. I mean, that song never gets old. That is like honestly my worst nightmare. <laughs> 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 heavy metal. Like, <laughs> what you got, Lisa? Let's see. I would say, well, last year it was very hot. And so I think I wrote on my arm, go legs, go, because I wanted to die. And <laughs> so this year it might be just one more step. And when I say mantra, like, I just repeat it until I'm so sick of hearing it that I want to think about something else. And that usually does the trick. Do you have a pop-up song? Uh, yeah. I would say, so I played college softball, and this song never fails, Fall Out Boy. My songs Know What You Did in the Dark. That was my walkout song. So I still, like, love Fall Out Boy or anything Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, Taylor Swift. That was Swift. not a good response. No. <laughs> I was gonna say. At least you remember man. the name. I got a better. I got a better response with Black Sabbath. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, do I get a turn? Yes. What is your? Okay. Okay. Good. Well, my all-time favorite mantra is Dina Castor's "Define Yourself." I wrote that on my arm when I ran my marathon PR, and it always is like, I don't know, it means a lot to me. And then I also like to think about water. And think about like flowing and just reminding myself that I can be this like fluid motion. And then after I asked the song, I got really nervous and anxious that I wasn't going to come up with a good one because music is really important to me. And then I remembered one of my favorite, if I'm trying to do like a tempo workout or something and I want to run faster is Sunrise by Childish Gambino. Does anybody know that song? Put it on your playlist. Well, it sing is. a little bit. No, I'm not singing it. And also, <laughs> also, we already had to make this um, R-rated because of your song. So, like, it would make it even more R-rated. <laughs> okay, so we're going to wrap this and let you guys ask questions if you want. I just want to ask you all, I, at the end of all of my podcasts, I say, what is your message to leave with the audience? And I wanted to know if any of you had a message that you want to leave with the audience before they head off to this race tomorrow. Um, the message I, I've been writing on a lot of people's books is that you just got you got this. It's as simple as that. My message to you is that if you're looking for your community, you're here. You found it. I'll tell you that if I can run a marathon, anyone can, and you're capable of way more than you think you are. So just keep taking action and never limit where running can take you. I would say mine is to set your goals and dreams so high that they scare you because you really don't know what you can accomplish. 
I would say if you get scared because it hurts tomorrow, just remind yourself it's just running and you got this, just like Martina said. Does anybody have questions? I can come out to the audience with the microphone if you do. Okay, I have a question for Lindsay. Oh. You've been great moderating this and asking us questions. You have four boys, right? Yes. Okay. That's, I know you have your hands full. I, I only have three boys and I know how it is. <laughs> you have a business. Uh, so where do you actually find time to train for marathons? Oh, I feel like if I didn't train, then I would feel even more crazy in my wild house when lamps break and blinds get broken and things get thrown out the window. I actually, um, right after we moved into our house a couple years ago, I became friends with a couple neighbors. And then one of my neighbors texts that I became friends with texts me this picture of another neighbor who hadn't met me yet. And it's a picture she took driving by her house and like two of my kids are hanging out a window and like throwing stuffed animals in the front yard. I'm just giving you a picture of the chaos of my house. But yeah, we Yeah, are, I would want to run too if I, would. if I had a house like that. We are a wild bunch. People are in and out. Of, my house is a revolving door. People are in and out of our house. And if it weren't for running, I don't know that I could like mentally handle it. So I just make time because I feel like I have to. Awesome. Okay, we have a questioner. Hi, I appreciate all of you for what you're doing, and I've seen a lot of change in the running community, and I'm curious from really all of you, when you look to the future of the running community, where do you feel we have opportunities for growth and development, and do you have, like, is there anything inspiring you to make change as we move forward, and what would you ask of others in the community as far as contributions to that to make us even a more inclusive and better community uh, as our sport evolves. Martinez. What? (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you would just take it. (laughs) Okay. I'll jump right on in. Um, I think the first thing that really comes to my mind is like just inclusivity in the sport of running, right? I think We always talk about color, black and white, but I think there's a lot of other issues where there's gender equality, but also like the back of the pack. So I really think that one of the things that, you know, racists can do or race directors really can do is really think about how do you make these experiences more equitable for everybody? Because more people in this water running is great for everybody. It's great for race directors because they race to sell out and they make more money. It's great for running brands because they have more people to sell their shoes to and their clothes to. And I think it's just great for uh, everybody. So I think we're going to have to really make some changes because Gen Z is starting to have buying power. And if brands and race directors don't catch up, they're going to fall behind because Gen Z don't care about none of this stuff. Mm. Does anybody else have a... Yeah, actually, we were talking about this at the store this week a little bit um, in relation to how we can be more inclusive as a store. And a lot of times people think, oh, I can't go to a specialty run store. I'm not a 230 marathoner. No. Some of my favorite customers are the ones that come in and be like, I want to run. And I saw you when I was driving by and made an illegal U-turn. I love that story, by the way, (laughs) Martinez. Those are my favorite customers because they are very determined and they want to get out the door. But we're missing a big opportunity of welcoming people of all different abilities. Okay, so real quick, we just did a couple podcast episodes about the history of women's running. And we replayed an interview we did with Catherine Switzer. Check her out if you've never heard of her, the book Marathon Woman. Um, She was describing the first Boston Marathon that she ran in 1967 I don't even think they had water on the course. Back then in the 50s and 60s, uh, the people who ran marathons were like super fit, super fast. Mm -hmm. They were kind of really weirdos. Everyone thought them they were weird because no one runs that far for fun. And if you read about that era in running, it doesn't even sound fun, really. Now, races have done a great job of making uh, an experience out of a race, like making an event fun. And running should be fun. Like when did running stop being fun? We played as kids. We ran. Uh, actually, running is a form of play. It's called movement play. So all the things that races do so well, like the Richmond Marathon does, uh, you'll see tomorrow. The spectators along the course, the fun signs, uh, the finish line party. I mean, this is a real fun thing to do, and I think that is what's drawing more and more people in. Because running is healthy, it could also be fun. So I think we're going in the right direction when it comes to that. I think one thing that needs to change, and I see this all the time, is that it's just become very intense. Like, 
going through all the six majors has now become a huge goal, which is fine for some people, but that's not everyone's goal. And even everyone doesn't want to race. And that is completely okay. But I know when I announced that I signed up for the marathon, I cannot tell you how many people asked if I was trying to Boston qualify. And I was like, what? This is my (laughs) first of all, (laughs) I just signed up. Second of all, this is my first marathon. Can I just have fun? Like, can I just enjoy the journey? So it doesn't always have to be competitive. You know, there's people that still just want to have fun and it's a competition between themselves and they don't want to compare their time to others or they don't even want to think about running any of the world majors and that is completely okay that's not defining them as a runner at all but I think it's just become very very intense in terms of running and it needs to it needs to dial down a little bit yeah not to mention that the world marathon majors like that is a very expensive thing to do (laughs) like to try to go do all six of them it's very cost prohibitive I want to add to that question is a big question and it's an important question but it can be overwhelming right like anything that needs to change and it's like something really big so my advice and my thoughts are like start small like start in your neighborhood like if you go running every Friday at 7 a.m., just put a Facebook message on your neighborhood page or wherever it is and just be like, I'm meeting on this corner at 7. Every single person in this neighborhood is invited. I don't care if you walk the whole thing, if you run a seven-minute mile, if you walk a 15-minute mile, whatever. We're starting here and we're going. And we can make really small changes that are actually big changes because that'll trickle with every person that that person then comes in contact with. So... I think those questions can just be overwhelming and you think, oh, I'm just one person. I can't do anything. But you can. You can start in your community. Do we have any more? Oh, we got questions. Uh, First off, this is maybe the best panel I've ever been to. Um, But second is I work for sports backers. This is, you know, could be a post question, but it's not. I promise. I have a real point. (laughs) So I have never gotten to do this event because I work here. Um, So I do our training teams just to get my mileage up. But on race day, I'm out on the course doing a job. And I see, like, why I think we're America's friendliest. But that is also something that being in marketing, I constantly have to, like, pitch that as, like, America's friendliest. And as somebody who really hasn't done the event, Trevor, we want to ask you kind of teed yourself up why do you think people call us america's friendliest marathon it was given to us by runner's world well there you go runner's world so i was about to say i haven't been to every marathon in america yet so i can't (laughs) totally validate no if runner's world says that i would run with it this run with it get it this 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 is my uh third year coming down i've done the half marathon and my brother-in-law came with me last year he did his very first race ever he was in total non-runner before this he is now sold on running. And that's because Richmond is such an awesome event. Richmond Marathon, the folks do an amazing job. It's like a big party. It's, it, it's a tremendous experience. And I, I want to I wanna hand it to Nan and all the crew here at the Richmond Marathon, all the volunteers as well. You guys are doing an awesome job. I mean, we're at a racetrack for crying out loud. I mean, look at this. Uh, there's no cars, but, you know, it's <laughs> at least we can hear. We're not running here. <laughs> Coincidentally, my question is also from Runner's World Mag. Um, They posted an article the other day saying that it's not uncommon to feel post-marathon depression. Um, I want to ask how would you recommend somebody getting through those next few weeks after they've been training for so long, maybe made this their whole personality, (laughs) and now the race is over? What do you do the weeks after that? Oh, oh. I was going to start. Oh, well, (laughs) go ahead. You know what? This is one thing that when I really started running longer distances was really bad for me. I would finish a race and be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sad. Then I figured out if I have a smaller race, like I'm running a half marathon or a marathon, and then I have a 5K, like a turkey trot, that's like no big deal. You're running for pie. (laughs) It's perfect because it gives your sights on something else, and then you can think, okay, what am I going to do next? What is my next goal? Whether it's a race, whether it's getting out and hanging out with your friends more. Figure out what that other goal is going to be before race day. I think Richmond did a good job of planning this right before Thanksgiving because now we just have to think about planning that. And I'll let y'all know how I feel after in the next couple of weeks, but I know I'll be distracting myself like I have with tapering so I don't go insane. So just a lot of distraction. <laughs> I would say the best way to get over a race is to sign up for another race. <laughs> yep. 
But that, that's really what it is, is that I, I typically have, like, that big flagship marathon that I'm training for. That, like, this is the one that I'm really training for. And then all the other races are just accessory races. So, like, I might have a half three or four weeks before a full. Do the full. That's the full race. And then I might have another half afterwards two or three weeks later or a, a half and then, like, a 5K or 10K afterwards, right? And I kind of, like, ramp myself up. And then ramp down until I say, okay, I'm only lifting weights for the rest of the year. With plenty of rest in between, right? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I haven't been racing marathons as much as I used to, but I used to love to like run a fast marathon and then plan a for fun marathon four or five weeks later where I run with a friend who's like trying to hit a goal that's a slower time than that would be my hard time so that it can be like a celebration race and I'm helping my friend break a new PR. Um, and then my other piece of advice is go on walks with your neighbors. Like go spend all the time well, you were training for. Well, you neighbors anymore. Listen, I am neighbor <laughs> obsessed. I'm community obsessed. Go walk with your neighbors. You could find your best running friend you if you walk with your neighbor. You could. I Just stay saying. in Brooklyn. All my neighbors are Airbnbs. <laughs> Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for braving this, like, chilly weather. Best of luck. It's just running. Have fun. Be like water. Thanks again, folks, for coming out. Thank you. And good luck tomorrow. Thank you all so much. This was so fun. We really appreciate you all being here. All right. Well, that's how it went down at the Richmond Marathon Expo. Hey, and if you want to come and hang out at a race with Angie and I, the next race we'll be at is the Tokyo Marathon. So all you got to do is go to Japan and you can meet us there. We will also most likely be at the Revel White Mountains Marathon um, next May. It's happening in New Hampshire. Really excited about that. So keep that on your radar. And finally, we still have three spots left on our tour Next summer, our running retreat in the Alps. Uh, You might remember us talking about that on a podcast episode back in July. Well, we have filled every spot for that trip except three. It's a nine-day trip. We're going to go around the whole mountain, the traditional Tour de Mont Blanc, going through three countries in the Alps, France, Italy, and Switzerland, starting in Chamonix and going back to Chamonix, France. So if you still want to grab a spot, let us know ASAP. Just shoot me an email, trevor at marathontrainingacademy.com. Hey, I want to give a big shout out to my friends at Path Projects. I love their running shorts and their pants. I was on stage rocking my new Path Project pants. I also like the Wheeler shorts. I wore them all summer. They are the most lightweight, durable, comfortable running shorts out there. They also got some pretty cool hats and beanies too. Check them out at pathprojects.com slash MTA. Use that link to get 10% off your first order, pathprojects.com slash MTA. And finally, thanks to UCAN, you know, every race that we go to, we bring our fuel with us because it's so important to have your fueling dialed in. And we have been huge fans of UCAN. It's made with this patented ingredient called Live Steady. It's a complex carbohydrate that delivers a steady release of energy over time. So it just doesn't spike you all at once and leave you crashed and jittery. They've worked on it through the years to get the taste just right, and it's legendarily gentle on your stomach. That's the important thing, because it's hard to eat and run. You can get a sample pack. It's called the Marathon Training Academy Sample Pack, which includes four gels. That's 75 plus minutes of energy per gel with no sugar and caffeine, which means no spikes and crashes. And you can actually get this sample pack for free. Just pay shipping. Youcan.co slash MTA. Hey, and if you just want to reorder... You can always use that code MTA for 20% off. UCAN.co slash MTA. All right, so the good folks at the Richmond Marathon put me up in a hotel downtown. It was just a short walk for me to the starting line. All right, we're excited to be out. We're five seconds out. Three, two, one, go! We'll see you at the finish line. So the energy at the start of the race was great. The course starts right there downtown on West Broad Street. All kinds of old buildings, beautiful murals on these buildings. There must be a lot of great artists in Richmond. 
And you continue out to a park where you go around the park and then boom, you head back to downtown, go through some nice neighborhoods, lots of big cheering sections, official aid stations and makeshift aid stations where people giving you bacon and beer. And so you run on back toward downtown and then there's a nice downhill finish where you can really step on the gas. Uh, But you gotta be careful. You don't run too fast and not be able to stop. So I was aiming for a 2.30 half um, and I finished. My official time was 2.30.08. So thankful to get that. I love half marathons. I don't stress out about them. I'm not out there trying to race or set a PR. When I go do most of these, I'm just having a good time. Okay, Richmond half marathon, a little more than halfway. Uh, One funny part was there's these people on the sidewalk walking their dog and they said, great job runners. And one of the runners said, great job walkers. Everyone laughed, it's pretty funny. Hey, I'm at the post-race area, the finish line of the Richmond Marathon, and I just happened to bump into Chris. Uh, He's actually my accountant, and he ran a sub-three-hour marathon today. How does it feel to run sub-three? Oh, it feels fantastic, Trevor. It feels fantastic. I appreciate you guys and everything you do with your company to to help me to get here right now. So thank you. And today you finished in, what was your official time, do you know? I think it was like 257-something. And you were using our uh, three-hour plan, right? I used the, I actually used the 325 plan and then I was doing pretty well. And then, so I started talking to coach Nicole and, uh, so shout out to coach Nicole. And then, uh, we kind of modified my plan down to like the three cause I was doing pretty well. Yeah, dude. Well, super congrats on going sub three. It's phenomenal. And, uh, hope the rest and recovery goes well. Absolutely. Thanks Trevor. Appreciate it. So got back to the hotel and then we had an MTA meetup at four o'clock at a brewery. It's a new brewery I've not been to before. It was called Notched. Actually, it was called Three Notched Brewing. I want to thank Sarah Lundberg, who is a local, for um, helping me plan the meetup. And there's some other locals that come every year. Greg and Athena, husband and wife, we actually wrote a custom training plan for Greg. Um, Coach Abby wrote it because he wanted to improve his time. And he had success with that. He wrote us Later that day, he said, quote, I had a great day and I finished in 4.12. This was 10 minutes faster than my 2020 finish and my best time in the past four marathons. Most important, I felt positive, pushed through the challenging parts of the race and finished strong. Your coaching and the info you shared were instrumental to my success and I am most appreciative. Well, thank you for that, Greg. We are stoked that you had an awesome race. Just going to run through some more names uh, of folks that came to the meetup. And I'm doing this for memory, so I apologize if I miss anybody. (laughs) Actually, before I do that, at the race expo, I got to meet Sherry and Jacqueline and Belle. And then I got to see Lori, who was actually working uh, as a volunteer. All right, so back to the meetup. I got to meet Janine from Michigan. She is actually signed up to go on our running retreat and was there at the Richmond Marathon. So she ran the half, ran it in 148. It was nice to meet her. And Jeff Thompson from Virginia, who's also going on the running retreat, I got to meet him in person. And I can tell just by meeting Jeff, we're going to have a great time on the trails out there in France. Also got to meet uh, Bill Richmond. Everyone had to comment about his last name. You know, he's not actually from Richmond, but his name is Bill Richmond. Also at the meetup was Ellen Heinrich and her husband, Matthew. Um, Ellen is trained by Coach Carey, and this was her second marathon. I also got to see Becky Moretz. Uh, she has been an Academy member for a while, and she said, So awesome to meet Trevor at the Richmond Marathon. I have run 29 half marathons, but this was only my second full marathon, and I PR'd by almost 10 minutes. And she says that it was such a better experience than her first full that she's ready to sign up for another one. Also at the meetup was Heidi Schiller and uh, her husband, Brian. Heidi is an Academy member, and this is actually her fourth meetup that she's come to. She's a frequent flyer at the MTA meetups. Uh, Then I also got to meet uh, Vaughn Johnson, who's been a client for a long time. And then there was uh, Mary and Chris from North Carolina. Also, Kevin Reed and his wife and their little son were there. Uh, Kevin is a client. Uh, Later, he posted in our group, after eight years of listening to the podcast, I finally got a chance to meet Trevor and a bunch of people from the MTA community this past weekend. He said, big shout out to Coach Steve for helping him prepare for the half and getting a solid plan. He finished in 148.12, and that's a nine-minute PR. So like I said, you know, a lot of PRs out there. Um, Got to meet a listener by the name of Steve Back. 
He ran a PR in the marathon, finished in 321.35. Also, uh, Karen and Dan from San Diego, married couple that runs together. And also another husband and wife, I think at least, um, is Anna and Rafael from Puerto Rico. They came in to run the half after hearing about it on the podcast. And also got to meet Angelica from Florida, Gary from Michigan, and Mike from Iowa, who ran 319.09 for his first marathon. Um, got to meet Jennifer and Megan Osborne, a mother and daughter who were at the meetup. Megan ran her first marathon that day, and, and check it out, she finished in 3.09. So a lot of fun at the meetup. We had like 32 people there total, and it was pretty loud in the brewery there, so I actually didn't get a chance to do any uh, recordings, unfortunately. I, I'm sure every one of these runners has a, an interesting story that I could have captured. Although I do have one recording for you because Karen and Dan from San Diego, they were staying at the same hotel I was at, and they didn't have a car. They just Ubered to the brewery, so I gave them a ride back to the hotel, and before we got out, we're sitting in the parking garage. I got out my digital recorder, and uh, this is what it sounded like. I just gave my first ride to MTA podcast listeners. I'm here with Karen and Dan from San Diego. Karen, today you ran marathon number... 79. 79. Why are you doing so many? Uh, keeps me healthy and happy and uh, grow old gracefully. Yeah. I heard you say that, and I like that philosophy. And you've been kind of on a, a streak running uh, Boston marathons as well. You've done 10... And so you try to stay in good enough shape to keep qualifying. You qualified for Boston at Boston, right? First time in 10 tries this year. <laughs> yeah. So you're probably going back next year. I am. Qualified today. Yeah. With the time of? 4.06. Wow. That's old That's old lady standard, so. Dan, how many marathons are you up to? I'm at 75. So Karen's done all 50 states. Dan, you're almost done with 50 I'm states. I'm at uh, 45. I have five more to go. Nice. Okay, so how did you guys uh, hear about MTA? Like, can you remember? Yeah, it was about 2018. I was looking for podcasts to listen during my long training runs, and I was searching for a running podcast, and MTA was the first one that came up. Boom. Started listening. And the rest is history. And he told you about it. Yeah, and that's what we listen to when we run together. Exactly. Nice. But you have to do like three or four hour podcasts because on our long runs, you guys are only good for like an hour or so. <laughs> I know. Something to think about. I know. People have told me that before. Like, you should do a four-hour podcast so I can get through my whole marathon. Exactly. You got to go Joe Rogan on us. I don't think I want to hear myself talk for that long. No, you guys are very pleasant. You guys have got great interviews all the time. You have good listening. Your voices are pleasant to listen to. I appreciate it. So you guys run together uh, often or what? Often. Often. Yeah. We uh, do most of our training runs together. Yeah. How How long have you guys been together? 22 years. 22 years and you can still run together and travel together right that's great that's a feat <laughs> yeah maybe that's the running thing keeps you together besides running what else do you guys like to do running and travel and we met dancing we dance like we met salsa dancing but then after that we learned all the ballroom dances and you big jujitsu guy yeah, I do jujitsu as well I'm uh, blue belt in jiu-jitsu. Nice. And I entered my first tournament uh, coming December, so we'll see. I'll be coming off of CIM, so I don't know yeah. how the body will feel. But mm. Do you ever get, like, from rolling jiu-jitsu, you get too beat up, too sore to uh, go out and run? <laughs> Actually not. So what's good about the marathon conditioning in jiu-jitsu is that I'm 54, and most of my training partners are in their 20s, but I out I out-hussle them all the time. They're all gassed out. Oh, yeah. So I'm, you got your marathon endurance. Stamina. Exactly. He's got more stamina. So I can hang with the young ones. <laughs> they don't know he's in his 50s. <laughs> Everybody's in shock when they like, you guys are in your 50s? Exactly. Yeah. So awesome. That's a good thing about marathoning. Yeah, you, keeps you young. You guys have found the fountain of youth. That's right. Jiu-jitsu, dancing, and marathons. Yep. And living in San Diego where the weather's that's always helpful. nice. Exactly. That's helpful. Well, thanks for coming to the meetup. Thanks for being a listener of the podcast as well. Nice to meet some new friends here in Richmond, Virginia. Thanks for the ride back to the hotel. Thanks for the ride. Oh, we should say, too, that hearing about the Richmond Marathon on the podcast kind of tipped the scale on you guys coming here, right? absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Cool. There's a lot of people that told me that, so thank you, Richmond Marathon, for sponsoring the show. It's paying (laughs) off. There you go. We enjoyed it. And I do recommend it. Yes. There you go, folks.
All right, so that's what went down at the Richmond Marathon 2023. It's always so energizing to meet runners and people in our community. And if they'll have me back, I will be back next year. And we'll just keep the party going. But until then, hope to see you all somewhere out there at another race. And we always love hearing from you. So shoot us an email through our contact form on our website. or Hop on the phone with Coach Nicole. If you need some help in your training, getting things figured out, working through your issues, we are here. So that's it for this episode. Until next time, remember you have what it takes to run a marathon and change your life.